This is Alan Lazard, a.k.a. the Lizard King, a.k.a. the Komodo Dragon from the Green Bay Packers, and you're listening to Top Shelf Fantasy Podcast. Top Shelf Fantasy. What's going on, Shelfies? The Top Shelf Boys here again, back at it for podcast number 226. Wow, we're getting up there, man. 226 podcasts. Where has the time gone? As always, follow us on our social media stuff at Top Shelf FNTSY. That's on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all the good ones. Look at our website for all the hottest articles coming out each week, uh, topshelffantasy.com. Find us on any podcast player, like usual. If you're listening to us, you know where to find us. Check us out on check us out on TikTok. We got me, Scott, Craig in the building. And then the other thing we always want to mention now at the top is our new partnership with Jock Market, the newest and most fun, and honestly probably one of the better ways to make money. Daily fantasy sports games out there. Download it, Jock MKT on the App Store, um, and use TSF promo code or promo code TSF for a hundred percent deposit and match when you deposit your first, uh, whatever you want to deposit. I think we put a hundred dollars in a caps at a hundred. So yeah, it's up to a hundred. Yeah. That, uh, Craig's been dominating that. If Craig, you want to talk a little bit about jock market this past week, I know you made a, a, a bundle. Yeah. And if, uh, Monday night, uh, went my way, I would have ended up with $150 this past week. And this is really the second time that I've truthfully gone in and, you know, tried to put some real money down. So I got lucky on Thursday Night Football last week. Isaiah Likely uh, was my main uh, money grabber because Mark Andrews had gotten hurt. So it's getting some of those low-level guys and then shorting some top-end talent. So in a couple of games, I've shorted a few people, got some money from that. Uh, One o'clock game players, uh, you want to short if they're starting to do really well because they will start to fall down the board. I made a boat. I think in total $120 last week from just really playing around with it. And it's a really good way. If you know fantasy football, it's a really good way to make money better than just DraftKings because they have a whole algorithm and, and all that. What you're doing in jock market is playing against other people and how they feel about certain players. And it's not rigged to get out, out, out against you. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been playing the single game contests more than the larger uh, you know, full Sunday slate markets and stuff like that. And it seems like if you're okay to kind of play it safer and, and play it smart, you can make money almost every time I've, I'm let to, yet to lose a significant amount of money. I think like I've lost on individual players, but then made it back on other guys in the same game. So um, even this past, what was it? Uh, was it Monday night? Yeah. Monday night when I bet uh, or I had shares of Kareem hunt and I just set my sell point at him. I think I had him for five and change. I set my sell point at 12 and when eventually he was playing a little bit better, he got there. Somebody bought my shares and I went on my way, you know, six and a half dollar, whatever, uh, per share money in my pocket worked out nicely, but you know, it's the small incremental stuff for me. I know you hit Dontrell Hilliard, like for 60 bucks. It was uh Deonta Foreman. Oh, Deonta that Foreman, was yeah. one of the crazy ones. Like, this past Hilliard. <laughs> and yeah, I, sorry. and if in all reality would have made more, if it wasn't for the fact that this, last week had a fantasy football explosion like every there was so many players that hit 30s 30 plus 35 plus in that category you know a three touchdown guy 
you would think is probably a top five player. I mean, Deontay Foreman ended up finishing like eighth or something like that. But at one point, I sold him at $17 a share. Yeah. Which and is, I bought him at like five. Which is far more than you ever see Deontay Foreman go for. So Exactly. Yeah. So, so if you, again, if you're right. a shelfie, get into it. Use our code TSF on Jock Market. Jock, J-O-C-K, Market, M-K-T. It's on the App Store. It's probably on the Android Store. If you have an Android, go buy an iPhone like an adult. And... uh <laughs> <laughs> that's really the long and short of it but definitely use our promo code it's free money in your pocket you deposit 100 they give you another 100 free why would you do it then you can pull your original 100 out and then you get 100 free dollars sitting in there boom yeah it's a win-win all right gonna get into some nfl news and a little bit off the jock market for a minute trade deadline trade yeah, deadline some, it, some big things happen it was a crazy one it was crazy in the things that we saw happen and then equally crazy in the things that we didn't see happen that we right. all thought were definitely coming down the pipeline Right. Well, there was there's a few that we we expected. Um, one of them we'll 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 get to because it's a little bit further down here. But I guess we'll start off with um, some backup running backs flipping teams. Uh, Zach Moss is now going to be behind Jonathan Taylor and Deion Jackson. We'll see. Maybe Philip Lindsay's still there. I'm not sure because uh, Naeem Hines had gotten traded over to Buffalo, so the backups had switched switch spots. Um, and I'm not sure how much I like or care for the Zach Moss situation, but I think the nine Hines one is, is one to talk about. Yeah. I think Zach Moss goes from a place where he wasn't used to another place where he won't be used. So we can kind of just move on from him, but Naeem Hines definitely has a spot where, I mean, Singletary's looked better in the last few games. They've used him more, but Naeem Hines will play a different role than Singletary for sure. And I think it's more of a, an impact on the James Cook shares that you may or may not be holding. Um, I guess we'll see how it plays out, but I, I like the spot. It's certainly not like they gave much up in Zach Moss in a sixth round pick. So um, the Heinz, the Heinz pickup is, is very interesting. He's a guy that can probably play well off of Josh Allen and the way he plays football. He can probably play in the slot too, in, in some instances, because I know Isaiah McKenzie's there, but he's been hot and cold too. And if they can get Heinz taking some of that rollover, I think that's a huge win for Heinz yeah. and the team. And then you keep Singletary as the lead back, and James Cook's just out of the backfield. It's a Hines great, is, it's a great thing to have for the team for the Buffalo Bills. Right, Hines is one of the best pass catchers and back, back backs in the league, so he's going to be able to put up fantasy points. He's going to be able to put up five, six touches a game, maybe even more. Maybe it's maybe it's in the ten range. I mean, the the, the offense is so powerful. Every time um, they touch the ball with. With with all the, the the field stretchers that they have, I mean, you can't discredit Gabe Davis for not being a field stretcher. Like, there's going to be so much that they're going to be able to do with Hines that um, they weren't doing with Moss, and Cook hasn't shown to do. Yeah, it's a great fit. Yeah, well, let's uh, head on from one Cook to another Cooks. Nailed it. Great segue, Daz. Uh, Brandon <laughs> Cooks remains in Houston. Didn't move. That was a, a guy that we expected to see end up probably on a contender. And now he stays, I don't want to say buried in Houston, but he stays buried in Houston. Um, the other guy who didn't move that we expected to see was Kareem Hunt. And he's still a Cleveland Brown at the end of the day. And it came, it came, it came out time and time again that they only wanted a fourth round pick for him. Shefty reconfirmed that they were asking a fourth and nobody would give it to him, which seems strange to me. What did James Robinson go for? James Robinson. I think it was a uh, fifth and sixth swap. 
Yeah. Like okay. All right, I know. Yeah, mind. they went back. But still, I mean, it, it's Kareem Hunt. If you're a contender, that fourth round pick doesn't mean anything right. to you. Like, I'm surprised the Rams um, didn't try to get him. But he stays there. I mean, Bernie Cooks, we were all shocked. We thought he'd get moved. Brandon Cooks thought he was going to get moved, and he was pretty pissed after the deadline. Pretty much like, I'm rotting here. Yeah. He's just so used to getting traded. So he's like, yeah, what, he's what's, like, what's happening? Why, why am I not happens. getting traded out of this place? Um, I, I don't know. I think it would have been a terrible move by Houston to get rid of Brandon Cooks. Like, you're not getting much more in return to help your team now. And realistically, while I get it, you're still rebuilding. Um, and it's hard for some ownerships to want to, you know, rebuild. So it, it's, uh, it's unfortunate for cooks. It's unfortunate for fantasy. Um, but as far as, as Houston goes, there's, they're still, they're still using cooks. And I think next year they're going to try and work on paying him. Um, and yeah, hunt would have loved it for fantasy. It's just smart for Cleveland to keep them just because at the end of the day, you know, with Deshaun Watson's still going to take some time to get used to the offense, even when he comes back and routing the two running backs is a good, good idea, obviously, as we see. Um, next one, one that doesn't help this year, but it's just very intriguing is Calvin Ridley to the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. I think that that is going to be just very interesting with what happens with Trevor Lawrence next year and him. Yeah, I mean, it's weird for this year to even see some team make a play for him because you're giving up assets for a guy you can't do anything with knowingly. But um, if you're in a dynasty league, especially, this is huge for you. I mean, Calvin Ridley immediately has value again. Um, You're shifting value, of course, but on on a Jags offense that needs pass catchers. You know, we've seen uh, Christian Kirk have flashes. Zay Jones really, at the beginning of the year, showed something not much since. Marvin Jones probably on the way out sooner rather than later. Um, it, it's a big boost for the team next year. So uh, definitely something to keep your eye on. And if you're, again, if you're in dynasty leagues, probably make moves based on. Yeah. So I think it's funny in dynasty leagues, everyone's like, oh, if he's like, go get in front of the waiver wire trade for him. I'm like, what's the difference between like where he was a week ago to where he is now? Like there's nowhere he was dropped in any dynasty leagues. Right. Like, right. And, and like, all right, he's going to play for a different team next year. We all knew that. We all knew he wasn't going to be in Atlanta. Like he was going to be someplace else. I think it's just f- funny the the people just reacting that way to it. But yeah, they, they get an old ass twenty uh, nine year old Kevin Ridley next year. Perfect. And, yeah. and let's not forget <laughs> he was not that great at the end in in Atlanta, and nope. he was mid season decided while. Obviously, there could be some speculation. Um, at one point, he decided to leave. Well, yeah, and no matter if you want to believe what stories came out and what didn't, um, he played bad enough where he wanted to stop playing. Yeah, and, and no matter what the reason actually is, he's at least a year and a half, maybe closer to two years removed from competitive football. Exactly. So 28, 29-year-old season coming up, he's going to be on the verge of uh, washed up. So be interesting to see if he can come back, if he does come back, and how effective he is when he does. Um, it's not, and like you said, Scott, it's not like he went to Kansas City. He didn't go to Buffalo. He's not joining this super ultra elite offense. So, so the yeah, he's joining a, a team that shows flashes, but more or less has been struggling since yeah. Lawrence came into the league. Yep. Holy shit! I missed this next one. I didn't even know this happened. <laughs> oh, this is good from a dynasty team. This is this is. Take it. Jeff Wilson 
to the Miami Dolphins. You know what? You missed run it again with Raheem Mostert and <laughs> and McDaniel. It, yep. Wow. I did not. Well, because there were so many trades the last hour of the trade deadline. I think it was just so hard to like go through all the Twitter feeds and sleep things. But yeah, I think that's a. Um, I mean, did, we'll get to it. I mean, I guess we can do both. But Chase Evans got dealt. Yeah. Um, to Denver, we'll get to that. So after that, we're like, oh, boom, Cream Hunt's gonna go to Miami. It makes sense. Go back play with Tyreek from a while ago. Then they bring in Jeff Wilson, which I'm like, all right. So they just have the San Fran backfield, and and he's fine with that. The coach's like, all right, I got what I wanted <laughs> the entire yeah. time. Wow. Strange for McDaniel to just be like, oh, we're getting the band back together. So who gets hurt first? It's tradition. That's what I call Breida too. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, hey, it should be good. I think both of uh, Jeff Wilson, or not both of, but just Jeff Wilson is probably an upgrade over Chase Edmonds for what the team needs him to do. Um, I think Moser can do a lot as well, but I think Wilson should be a nice one-two punch with him. and It should be fun to watch. Yeah, it was a different adjustment for Chase Edmonds, but he goes over to Denver where they were also needy, um, which I think is a good landing spot for him. I mean, it's not like there's anyone really there holding on to that backfield every single time the ball is given to a running back right now, they're trying to lose their job. So yeah. Chase Edmonds is, is got as good as shot at any to be, you know, relevant again this year in fantasy. And he should be the cleared third down back there. If that means anything, I still don't like the move. I wouldn't go pick him up. If you want to stash him, go ahead. But uh, as long as he's with Russell Wilson, um, I don't want to trust any pass catcher on a team. So if you want to see what happens, he might t- take. He won't take the lead role. He's not a every down back. He n- never has been, but maybe they figure it out. He's he's worth a stash, but I wouldn't get too excited about it. Right. It is Denver at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. It's funny because we're oh Denver. We, and we just I had that thought. Awesome. No, it's <laughs> yeah. it's worse than the Texans. Like, I'd rather go to the Texans than anything. Yeah. We hype Denver in the offseason so much with Russell Wilson and what they can do. And then on, like, actual physical on the field, they just haven't put it out there. So, yeah. And it's, it, in Denver it's, is... it's week nine now. Like, yeah. we've seen enough. It's tough to turn it around. Yep. And um, f- worth the first round pick in the Dynasty football now, Chase Claypool. Uh, oh. tra- oh. Trade to the trade. Bears. For the Bears, 23 second round pick. I thought that was a very steep price. It was a very steep price. Yeah. Um, for a guy who has shown flashes, I, I think we're going to keep saying that about a lot of guys on this list, has shown flashes, but has not put it on the field consistently. Chase Claypool fetches more than I thought he would in real life and then fetches more than I thought he ever would in our fantasy league. Uh, guys getting I'll paid say this. Today. I'll say this right now. If it wasn't for the four touchdown game that Chase Claypool had when he was a rookie, it's a it, he is Kelvin Benjamin. That is he a, is he is he's a guy that gets a touchdown every now and again. You don't say that. It's so <laughs> no, true. No, so he he had, we wouldn't know his name if he didn't have the four touchdowns. He had game. eleven total in that rookie year, which is his. I mean, that's insane. Yeah, subtract um, four. I mean, I do think he's very talented it's a good move for fields i just need to see how it plays out first i mean darnold is it really d- doesn't have success with the bears you're adding another pass catcher back there now it's two good receivers there how are you going to have the volume to have any of them be at I mean, least to watch your three you're not even talking about high volume anyway like i'm in the middle of looking up the numbers and i can guarantee you right now but it's below 20 passing attempts a game 
Like it, I, it can't, it can't possibly be. I you think know, Fields throws around thirty, but yeah, I mean, no, yeah. it's dude attempts. And you're the last, the you're last... banking on the deep shot once or twice in the game that connects, if that. So yeah. the last five weeks, he's averaged twenty-one pass attempts a game. Ooh. And then the beginning of the year, he had 17, 11, and 17. So that was even less. It was probably around six, 15, <laughs> wow. 16. So he's really ramped it up last year. Yeah. So there's not much to go around. And I mean, when you talk about completions, the most completions he's had this year was 17, which was last week. The week before that, 13, 14, 15. That's 11, insane. 8, 7, 8. So it's like, it's it's just not an, an area that I want to be in. It's such not a first round pick and a tight end five. Yeah, that is that's an interesting way to put it too. If, if you're talking about his highest completions on a, in a game this year, 17, even if you split those evenly between just the top two guys, that's barely that's barely enough to get it done. No, yeah, it's not two guys. Like you're going to get sprinkled the running to backs, the, and yeah, ex- tight end, and you know, yeah, it's, you know, what's funny is the last um, uh, Chicago game I watched, which is I think against the Patriots, was they had said the the second highest guy on the field with receptions was Cole Komet and I'm like it's like a well-known thing this year that Cole Komet's not being used so if he's your second <laughs> that's a huge problem it's like 12 it's like it was like week seven when they put up the stat <laughs> and he had 12 catches yeah so that's going to be an immediate issue because Chase Claypool has also shown that he's not a guy to fall in line and be quiet so uh, if he's not getting the ball thrown to him we might see some hissy fits on the field Love how they have Chase Claypool now and Akil Harry, two little, two little whiners. I'll tell you what I will say: if their idea was for him to block, <laughs> him and Nikhil Harry are really good yes. blocking wide receivers, yep. and their running game is obviously great. Well, it's a weird for a second round pick, though. But so weird. No, <laughs> whatever. We're not, the, we're not the weirdest thing we saw today. T.J. Hawkinson. No, this is a tight end. My boy, T.J. Hawkinson, traded to the Minnesota Vikings. Um, in a subsequent move, Irv Smith went to IR and the reports are out that say he's going to miss eight to 10 weeks, um, which is, you know, kind of informs the move. The Vikings are the top of the NFC North. So I guess if they're going to try to make their push, they need a tight end to catch some balls. And Hawkinson has shown the ability to do that in the past. Johnny Munt is probably not a, a full-time option at tight end for them. So makes sense for them to go out and get a guy like Hawkinson. It's, a big risk. I mean, he's got a $9 million cap hit coming next week. Or sorry, next year. So if they're going to keep him around, that's that's a big investment of money. And then he's got a deal due in 2024. So um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how he fits in with a team that has some legitimate pass catchers. Justin Jefferson, obviously, Adam Thielen demands you know a, a good amount of attention as well. So um, it'll be interesting, hopefully dynamic. Hopefully it works out, at least for me. I, I'm a Hawkinson owner in multiple leagues. So I'm kind of speaking from a, a little bit of a place of bias right now. I need him to do well. It's a whole different ty- type of tight end that they've had too. So I don't exactly know what their plan is. I mean, Irv Smith is more of a, you know, he's not an inline blocker. You know, he's, he's, he's a pass catcher. He's, he's a athletic y, pass. So. Yeah. And he's on the field like 20% of the time. Hawkinson being in the field, probably close to the 85 to 90%, probably more. Yeah, he's a pretty well-balanced tight end, so he should be able to help out in the run game too, which you know might open it up for Dalvin Cook to even have a, a little bit of a bump coming his way. But who knows? We might not even see it this week. I don't. I don't know if Wednesday to Sunday is yeah, enough there's, time there's, to get on the field. 
there's not much that you're going to be able to learn from this week. Will he play? I would say yes. But yeah, I, I think he's probably an inline blocker. More of a more block. Right, yeah, right. it's going to be tough to see what they really are planning with him. But don't, it is. Yeah. I don't get mad if yeah. he goes for zero this week. Exactly. And you own him. Do not get mad. It's Good. probably going to happen. Good yeah. point. I've got um, him as a sit of my a sit of the week at tight end for that exact reason. It's just there's a larger chance that he posts a goose egg and is on the field a lot than there is that he goes off for a huge game in his first game there. So this is just a fun one to talk about, Dows. You can go with it because I know you love it. Yeah, I tossed it in here because I figured we'd want to talk about it. Roquan Smith goes to Baltimore, which just makes Baltimore's defense that much scarier, that much more uh, dominating. But they've struggled against the pass, and a lot of what teams teams have done to them are just murder them with tight ends. So they should allow either Roquan Smith or Patrick Queen to be a little bit more involved in that when they're both freak athletes. So I'm just really, really excited to see what he can do over in Baltimore, not be buried in Chicago almost by himself after they traded Robert Quinn as well. So um, yeah, Roquan Smith, Baltimore, this is Baltimore making it clear that they're going to try to grind some games out. I mean, they have a lot of their offensive weapons hurt or dinged up and, you know, in pain right now. So they're going to grind games out probably on the ground with whoever their healthy running back is, and then just play, play D and run the ball. Yeah. I mean, they, they had talked about two of sharp aimings out for a while. So um, that falls in line with that. It, you look on the uh, Yahoo apps, uh, sleeper app, ESPN, they're going to show the red, yellow, green defense ranking. And Baltimore probably does not show up as a top tier run blocking team on those apps right now. But if you can remember this, Roquan Smith, and that that is a false green status on your little thing because Roquan Smith changes everything. So it's going to be tough to run against this team. So if you have if you have a, a, a questionable fringe flex guy that it looks green and you think it it should be a good play, it's not. Yeah, I mean two legitimate sideline to sideline linebackers between Smith and Queen plus Malik Harrison in on obvious rundowns to just absolutely murder people. Uh, it's it, it's a unit. And I think they gave up uh, AJ Klein and uh, like a later pick. It, I mean, it was absolutely nothing. There was a second. In a second. There. second. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So second's high. Just but funny how like the, the Bears like, yeah, let's unload our top defensive players and stuff. We're kind of, you yeah. know, building. But, you know, let's try to a second for Claypool. Because they didn't didn't want to pay Roquan Smith, but you're going to have to pay Chase Claypool. I don't know. Maybe Chase Claypool is just a fantastic linebacker that we didn't know about. That's (laughs) true. Big big enough. Linebacker. Big big enough. Uh, Kadarius Tony to Kansas City. I love this one. I think it's it's third and a fifth. Tony is free, and I think it's it's a tremendous type of wide receiver for Pat Mahomes to throw to. Can they get on the same page quickly? Can they, you know, have him learn that's very complex offense quickly? I don't know. Uh, I think that that's going to be, you know, time will tell. And I think it might be towards the end of the season, if not into the playoffs where we actually get to see what they can do together. But um, I think this is a fantastic move for the team. I'm very, very excited. And I don't have too many shares of Tony because he was signed up like right away. But it's just good for the NFL. It's good for fantasy. The, 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 this guy is talented as shit. Like he's right up there with the top of the guys in the league when he's healthy. Well, healthy and not you know just sat on the bench and uh, they wanted him out. I'm telling you, and I I had made that uh, insinuation you know five weeks ago. 
and he's healthy, right? And the injury, it's like, oh, yep. Did you see he might not Darius play. Tony's tweet? He came out and said, uh, somebody asked for an injury update or something, and he came out and tweeted, there's no need for an injury update with healthy guys when they actually let you play. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm, all right. That's a hot start. And he's already out there practicing returning punts. So he might be their new punt, punt specialist, too. Oh, I mean, take him, take a few weeks to get up to speed with it, but yeah. make him a punt return it. This guy, after the catch, is one of the best in the league. Electric. Yep. Yep. And Casey has struggled with uh, punt returns for a little while now. So you can get some solid hands back there. And Tony's used to doing it and happy to do it. And he's on the field. He's getting touches while he learns the offense. Keep him happy. Get him going. I'll and I'll say right now, to too, he can play MVS's position, Juju's position, and Hardman's position. If any one yeah. of them go down, he can fill in very easily. And I expect him to take over one of their jobs at some point soon. Yep. Um, another guy who did not get moved, who we expected to see anywhere else except for where he is, Cam Akers. Um, and now reports are coming out that the Rams want to keep Akers and they're happy to have him and they want a reunion. And they're so excited. <laughs> yeah. And in reality, yeah. it means we have no other running backs. But in reality, it means it means we fucked up by telling everyone we didn't want him. No one was giving us anything in return. Right. For a I mean, they could just fucking cut him like they have the ability. Yes. Yeah. I don't oh. think it's a smart decision, but no. um, I think I think you have to ride it out, get to showcase him in the preseason, and then trade him next year. And if they really, if they really don't like the kid, maybe the kid has a change of heart. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Don't know I, what I, happened. And we'll never know. No matter what, like he can't be worse than Ronnie Rivers and Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown and I don't know what Kyron Williams Kyron's is going to look back like. This week, baby. If he, but if he shows up and he doesn't look good then you got to reconcile yeah. with Cam Akers one way or another because you need a running back out there that's right. competent. But, I mean, Cam, ha- Cam Akers doesn't look good either. Like, Yeah. Like, and I think all of them are kind of suffering because of the terrible O-line. Yeah, that's true. Yep, that's true. And not on the docket, but another guy not moved or n- not cut. Ronald Jones uh, requests a release, and then she was like, nah. Yeah, no, <laughs> you one, can sit there like, and shut up. Nobody, nah. we, we need a practice squad running back. No, no, no. no. He's just a... A healthy scratch. If he's practice squad, he can get stolen. Oh, they make him a healthy scratch every week. Like, like Andy Reid just did all fantasy owners a favor this year. Yep, it was so fun. Like, yeah, let me help you guys. Out. He's in this like this, this little purgatory where like he can't get, he can't make a roster spot, but he can't go to the practice squad to get stolen. Like he's he's in this one spot. I don't know. And you know, and you know I what? Love it, I'll but... give him. I will give him so many props that I will not give to Elijah Moore. Uh you haven't heard other than this request for release a peep out of him until now. So good for him. Elijah Moore, not on this list, didn't get moved. So we'll That's what true. the fuck's going to happen with him? Oh, yeah, he's a little B. <laughs> yeah, he was on the field last week, got one target, didn't get moved. So they're saying 27% snap share. Going to be a little shut up and dribble action from uh, the Jets down to Elijah Moore. Yep. All right. And to end it, Cordero Patterson is designated to return. So he, he could said, he could play this week. He said he was eyeing this week as their his return. So um, if he does suit up, that's a big knock to Algier, Huntley, anybody else carrying the ball over there. If he doesn't, he probably got one more week left. Yep. Yeah, they wanted this guy healthy for the for a little while. I mean, he he should have had. I think it was like a four week injury or something like that. And they held him up for like six. I don't know if I'm if my math. I think is correct he got on hurt that. during week. four. Four, let's just speak eight. 
So oh, be, was we so before? Be like... I, I thought it was earlier, but all right, I'm I'm wrong then. Um, but either way, he was on IR. He's he's set to come off, and like you said, Algier and and I'm sure Algier will have some sort of of role. But Huntley, I mean, he's an in between the tackles guy, and you you don't need so many of those. So um, unfortunately, <laughs> can't do much with him anymore. And then of course, Pitts has his best game of his like season. And now Corral's back. There's gonna oh, yeah. ball right through him it, everywhere they can. Have you been following Andy Holloway uh on his Kyle Pitts journey this year? No. He he made it a real big like announcement, like TikTok slash YouTube short thing of everyone, I'm sitting Kyle Pitts this week. <laughs> and then, and then th- this happened and uh so i guarantee that he plays him again and yeah like you said it's everyone's got a false sense of confidence now and cordell Patterson's is gonna take it away yep all right you guys want to blast through some injury news real quick and, no blast uh, through it blast on through yeah awesome. cooper uh Co- cooper cup uh avoided a major injury don't know why he was in the game don't know why they targeted him towards the end of the game but he got hurt, of course. Uh, ankle injury. Didn't practice t- today, but uh, I think, Craig, you said before the podcast, he's he's trending to playing. Yeah, so I thought I was being cute and getting Fan Jefferson before this past week's game started. And when I heard that Cooper Cup got hurt, I was like, oh, my God, this is such a gr- this is great for Van Jefferson. So I've been following it. And now Van Jefferson's being dropped off my teams because I saw that Cooper Cup is projected to play. Um so if you know if cups out there, there's really not much uh, you're going to get out of Van Jefferson, in my opinion. I mean, I, I think Allen Robinson also sh- should lose his job to Van Jefferson, but um, it's good for cup owners, good for good for Stafford, you know, for him to stay. Um, so uh, Daz will let you have this one too. <laughs> I like that you give me the defense, guys. Uh, the Eagles. I, mean, I love this. I love this guy too. But it's... oh yeah, you do. I think we were both huge on this guy coming out, and he he stayed in the draft a little bit longer than we expected him to. But the Eagles sent uh, Jordan Davis to IR. Looks like he's going to be out a while. Um, I think it was a high ankle, but I could be I could be mistaken on that off the top of my head. But either way, blow to the front end. But they have so many pieces there. Um, I, I think they'll be able to sustain it. No problem. Talk, talk about getting, uh, was it Robert Quinn in at the right time? Yeah. Um, they can shift some things around. No problem. It sucks. Cause you know, they were an easy. Don't start your players against, but, um, yeah. Uh, Brandon cooks is now sidelined Wednesday. Um, yeah, I'm guessing that this was because they were trying to trade him or talking about it. So it's probably a holdout, um, just saying stay out of practice. And then we didn't make a trade. So I think he's going to be good to play tomorrow. Yeah. And it, and these are veteran rest days, too. Right. I mean, there's a he could not play like he's pissed. It would suck for a few leagues to have men. So our dynasty league if he just they just sit him. Yeah. For the rest. Well, of the I season. mean, so let's be honest, right? Let's 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 think back to last year the cleveland browns did drop odell beckham a week after the trade deadline because they couldn't get a deal done because he pitched his fit uh, had a bitch fit out yeah. so there's a chance if he does not play thursday brandon cooks could get dropped historically though that hasn't been brandon cooks's mo um like the odell thing is so true but he that doesn't surprise me out of odell that attitude would surprise me a bit out of Brandon Cooks, who's kind of been a consummate professional his whole yeah. career. Unless it was um, like known, right. like, he, he, like he, 
they told him, like, hey, you, you're getting traded because it's it sounded like he really thought it was. And Craig, if he's cut, the Texans like, dude, you could have got a fifth round pick for him yeah. at least. Like, that's where you gotta just bite your tongue, yeah, and you know, there's, there's a lot of teams that could use a Brandon Cooks. Uh, there's no doubt I mean, about that. And I'm not saying like pitch a fit like Odell as as you know Odell did for three years before he actually did get to leave. <laughs> um, but it's more or less he has the ability, and players have the ability, and Odell did this. Say I'm not playing another snap. Yeah, and and they and then they mean it because he can hold out this year and has already gained his contract for the season. It's yeah. not uh his 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 contract's not going to toll, so it's 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 a possibility. Um, one that is a little concerning because I really thought this guy was fine is DeAndre Swift did not practice today. Um, again, could be a veteran's rest day, but at the same time, he has been dealing with ankle and shoulder injuries, and once again, it's just not something you want to see out of the guy that blew up the first three weeks of the season to still be dealing with injuries. Yeah. And you saw him not, I don't want to say limited because that's not quite a fair assessment of what he did, but let's say limited in his first week back last week with only five uh, rushing attempts and five targets. So. Oh, that's limited. Yeah. <laughs> I was like all sold in that De- DeAndre Swift was going to blow up this week. Yeah. But it was like, Jamal Williams instead. Right. Yeah. He had a full week of practice last week and then 10 total touches, 55% snap share. And then this week he's missing practice. So again, like you've already mentioned, you, you sometimes see these veteran days off. He's not a veteran per se, but he's a star. So star days off are kind of the same thing. And maybe it's that if he practices tomorrow, I'll feel a lot better. Um, but if he sits out Friday, I'd be really, really concerned about his status coming into the weekend. Could have clumped yeah. this into the Brandon Cooks one, but Nico Collins is also ruled out. Um, it's actually starting to make me wonder. I, I don't know who, who Houston is playing. Uh, and tomorrow but... they're playing um, the Eagles. Holy shit. So, <laughs> all right, because I was just going to say this is now going to start to affect the run game if Brandon Cooks doesn't play either. And we just talked about how good the Eagles are at stopping the run. Um, yes, they don't have Davis like we talked about, but like this is where that like injury impact article like that I wanted to do um, would have gone into is that it might actually be a tough time to play Damian Pierce this week um, if, if Brandon Cooks is also not playing. Yeah, that that's a tough uh, tough sledding for the Houston offense with potentially no wide receivers and just a running back. Good luck to you. Because yeah, I don't know, you know who's there anymore at wide receiver after Nico Collins. Could not name one. Chris Conley. Yeah, and he's just signed. Yeah, I think he went somewhere else. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. I do know that we talked about him being signed Dorset. last week or something. Oh, they have Dorset. Okay, yeah. Woo! <laughs> um... Scotty, go ahead. The next one? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You Jonathan Taylor. A quiet. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor. Did, did not practice today. Um, I would be extremely worried if I was a Taylor owner. Uh, if you don't have Dion Jackson, you've already, you know, fucked up. You should have had him on your team if you own JT. They worked out four running backs just today, and they just got Zach Moss. Um, typically, when you work out four running backs on a Wednesday, when a player doesn't practice that's a sign that they're probably not going to play um and this includes jordan wilkins who's been there before so um and three other guys i forget who but it's concerning um prepare for the worst because it's probably going to happen two or three weeks ago jonathan taylor sat out with an ankle injury correct 
Yes. Yes. And Deion okay. Jackson went ballistic. If this is the same ankle, he's not playing. Right. It's the same trend. They also suck. The team is also very bad. And also that, yet, that you had to put that into consideration. And it sounds like it's going to be nagging him for, for the year. Oh, they try, They did fire their offensive coordinator. Yeah. yeah so it is scary um, for this week and the, and the long term as well. The problem is that they suck, but they're only two games back and for, from first place. In the oh, it's not a great. It's not a great division. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. They but, they they're tossing towel with the yeah. OC and Sim Mallinger starting. Well, so this is actually another good point to you know factor in the the small stuff. Uh, the the offensive coordinator hasn't had time. The new one hasn't had time to work with Jonathan Taylor on any new additional plays that they want to put put in this week. So while maybe by the you know lucky um, gods that may be, Jonathan Taylor might play. He's not going to be in on the game scripted stuff that they wanted to do. And those first twenty plays are very important to the success of the whole game. So we'll see. Yeah, it's yeah. very concerning. But like Scott said, you should have Deion Jackson. If you don't have Deion Jackson, you're in trouble. Uh, Keenan Allen is probably set to miss uh, this week as well. He hurt himself or re-aggravated his hamstring injury somehow during training during the bye week. It, this has just been a nightmare season for him. And he, he came out and personally said, I will not play on a limited snap count. I'm playing hundred percent of snaps or I'm not playing. So probably not going to see him Sunday. Probably should pick up Josh Palmer and DeAndre Carter. Out there. Yeah. And that's really about it. Yeah. Cause um, they don't have Mike, Mike will either. Yeah. I mean, I just expect Eckler to get about 90 passes his way, but um, it could be a big effort game too. And it's a pretty yeah. good matchup. They could honestly be looking Everett and Parham in like a double tight end set. Parham cleared the con- concussion pr- protocol. I'm like this guy is the concussion again. Dude. You got to get Didn't this he, guy. Wasn't he just in the hospital? <laughs> End of last you year. Get, well, what you got to remember is that the elevation for him is so much higher at like <laughs> six foot nine or whatever freakish tall height he is. Uh, that he heal a little bit quicker. Makes sense. Makes yeah, sense. I just made that up, but Russell Wilson probably believes it. Um, and then finally, Elijah Mitchell expects to be back in week 10, get elevated off IR, which is great. But Christian McCaffrey is there now. But Jeff Wilson is gone. So maybe he's got a, a backup running back role that he can fill once they come off their bye week. Did Scott put in that or did you put in that, Daz? I put that in. Oh, okay. All right. It would have been funny if Scott put it in just because he wanted to feel better about himself with the Elijah Mitchell. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Gotta speak it into reality. <laughs> Elijah Mitchell is worth the first in Dynasty. <laughs> he was at one point. Well, Cl- I don't know. Claypool just went for that, so we'll, uh, we'll talk about it. I was saying, speaking into existence. You got to. All right, All let's right. get to some uh, starting sets, will you? Craig, you yes, yes, yes. So we're going to have the full article out. Um, so we're just going to put, put over... A little bit of what I would write up, uh, have not written entirely yet. But uh, this week against Detroit, who is notoriously the worst defensive football, um, if I'm not mistaken, they fired their defensive coordinator. I can't remember exactly if that's the case, but uh, Alan Lazard uh, is going to most likely be back out there. They said that he'd be a limited participant today on Wednesday. Um, So realistically, with no other weapons, Facing a terrible defense, 
something's got to get going for the Packers. They didn't go out and trade for anyone. So here we are again, uh, knowing Lazard is there. He's had four touchdowns in the last six weeks. Um, and, you know, that's what he is. He's a touchdown guy. And his targets have started to climb two since the beginning of the year with uh, an average of eight targets a game uh, in the last four weeks. So it's just a all around great play for a guy that uh, right now is only being started in 25% of leagues. It's a lizard king. It's a lizard king. The lizard king himself. Komodo right? dragon. Friend of the program. Yep. Um, a guy that I hope is a friend of the program someday as he becomes a superstar in this league. And Craig also loves it. I think my um, start of the week, Isaiah likely who should get on that uh, cameo now. <laughs> I know, <laughs> right. but it's just search it. Honestly. <laughs> um, I mean, my, my take on him is, is fairly simple. I mean, you saw what he did last week with Mark Andrews out. If Mark Andrews is out again, I think it's a pretty uh, logical conclusion to draw that likely would then be um, fairly used or fairly highly used again this week. But I think even if Andrews is there with their lack of weapons in the offense with Rashad Bateman out after aggravating that foot injury, um, the all entire running back room dinged up. I think it's kind of reasonable to expect likely to have a big game, even if he plays alongside Mark Andrews or on the opposite end of the line or flexed out in the slot or uh, even outside of the wide receiver position with the way that he can athletically play the wide receiver position. So um, I think really, however you dice it, likely is in for a big week. And I think he draws a fairly juicy matchup with the Saints. I mean, not that the Saints are a juicy matchup, but I'm expecting a kind of a higher scoring affair. I think it's the Saints. Don't quote me on that. You should probably look at that though. One moment, Shelfies. Bear with me as I look at the schedule. It is the Saints. Yeah, there we go. Monday so, night. Oh, beautiful. In prime time too. I walk it oh, in. Like, another like another it. prime I time. Like it. That's like, uh like. that's gonna be a jock market special. That's a jock market special. <laughs> Check him up. All right. Um, are you done with yours? Yes, sir. All right. Justin Fields. I'm in it now. I mean, this guy has been putting up some games and with a QB landscape this year, uh, guys like Brady Stafford, Rogers, those guys not even come close to QB one fields is probably going to finish as a top six or seven QB just with his rushing. And they got chase Claypool. I know we kind of said, you know, well, oh, it's Claypool. What's going to do. It's good for fields. It's good for the offense. And they're trading away their defense like crazy. The offense is going to be on the field more because of it. Um, but I just think he's just looked better in recent weeks. He's not going to get it done with his passing. Sure, he had two touchdowns last week in the air, but he's had at least one touchdown in the last four weeks. And he had a three week span from two to four without a passing touchdown. Those are some bad weeks. But if he's getting a touchdown on the ground almost each week and at least 60 yards, that's the one I want to buy into. Yeah, and even with Claypool there, maybe just running down the field with Mooney, the the defense is pushed so far back that he has even more space to run. It's a very, very viable strategy for the Bears. Exactly, and not to all hammer on the same take, but I also think, you know, with last week being against the Cowboys with the 49-point output against their defense, you have Miami coming in this week, which is also a high-powered offense, so they're going to have to get something done on offense. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Uh, I think, uh, oh, we'll go top down again. So, um, make it, make it so you don't have to talk twice. So Gabe Davis is, uh, my sit this week. Um, 
I, I think I think it's just a, a solid take at all times to say Gabe Davis because <laughs> you don't really expect when he's really going to blow up. But uh, sometimes that'll blow up in your face. Everyone, there's a lot of Gabe Davis gave us truthers out there, so it's it's a little tough to uh, convince. But he only had two receptions last week, 35 yards, uh, three the week before, three the week before. Granted, of those three, two of them were touchdowns. The guy just doesn't catch that much. You know, it's like he has to have that long ball in order for it to make to work. And and they're playing the Jets this week. And Sauce Gardner is going to be on Stephon Diggs, and they're they're going to put uh, you know a, a shade over on on Gabe Davis. The Jets defense has not shown to be a slouch. You know, they're going to put up uh, a, a fight against against the Bills. It's a division matchup, you know, and they they are going to you know we we saw uh, them do it a, a few times this past season. Um, the Jets, uh, the Jets defense, I, I don't really like them, but I got to give them some credit. Um, you know, this, this, this season has been a little bit of a different story for them. They haven't, um, going back all the way to week four, they haven't allowed a hundred yard receiver. They have only allowed one touchdown, um, in the last four weeks. So there you have it. There you have it. My set of the week is Joe Mixon. And this may come as a surprise to you because Joe Mixon is still like a top-ranked running back in the league, and everybody expects him to do really well, and he's been putting up pretty decent fantasy uh, you know, numbers every week. This week, I think, is one of the ones that Joe Mixon goes out and gives you a dud. I just think the writing was on the wall when we watched them play um, the Browns in primetime. It didn't look great. Nothing about the offense looks like it's in sync or in rhythm. Jamar Chase has clearly, his absence has clearly had a huge impact on the team as a whole. And everybody looks a little bit lost out there. There doesn't seem to be anybody out there making a play. And the offensive line that we thought was so far improved since last year, they added all these pieces in the draft and free agency um, and via trade and whatnot. They just haven't been able to put it together and, and actually, first of all, protect the quarterback. And second of all, open up any running lanes for Joe Mixon. So what he's done, has been purely on his on his own back and his own effort. And I think this week, now we can actually talk about his matchup with Carolina. And this week with them, the way that they've played defense this year has been, you know, nothing short of amazing and astounding. So I don't I know they had kind of a big output or a big point allowance last week in, in a shootout with Atlanta, but I think they get right back on track this week in a game that's going to strictly be battled out in the trenches and Carolina probably walks away winning that battle. And then if they can actually keep the ship righted per the Carolina offense, and they can score some points. Joe Mixon gets even further erased from the game plan like we saw last week. And if, if he doesn't have, what do you have, 10 checkdowns from Joe Burrow over and over and over again, he doesn't even score the nine-plus points he gave you. He probably ends closer to five or six. And I think Carolina can kind of repeat the the, the recipe that um, Cleveland just put together to, to stop him. So I'm going to sit Joe Mixon this week in a, in a fairly bold move. It's bold, Cotton. See if it pays out. See if it plays out for. Him. Yep. Um, mine's not as crazy, but it's Brian Robinson. I love the story. I love the guy. I want him to be good. I'm talking myself into him being good every single week, but he has declined really since since coming back. Um, week six and seven, forty seven percent snap share. Week eight, twenty five. Antonio Gibson has looked fine. He's looked great in the passing game. And I mean, that's what the team is going to have to do, especially against Minnesota. They're likely going to be down against the six and six and one, five and one Vikings. I believe uh, so. Six and one. Six and one. Um, so, I mean, if they're going to be down again, 
Uh, they're going to be throwing a lot to J.D. McKissick and um, Gibson. Robinson's not really involved in the passing game at all. And if he's getting less than three yards a carry again, it's just with limited volume, you just can't start him. And it sucks, but, I mean, the guy did get shot twice um, eight <laughs> weeks ago. So got to cut yeah. him some slack for a bit. <laughs> yeah, but, it's um, fair to assume it's slowing him down a bit. Yeah, so if you're still riding out like, oh, he's back, he's a league winner. Who knows? He could be at, towards the end of the year, but it, it it's not now. It's not against uh, Minnesota or the Eagles the following week. Right. He's far from a cut candidate, but he's certainly um, tough to start right now. Yeah. yeah. Let's go to sleepy time. Sleepy little, time. A little sleepy, sleepy, time. Sleep, sleepy time tea. My wife likes that. <laughs> um, let's go with uh, one that's just it writes itself. It's DeAndre Carter this week as a sleeper. Um, we have obviously the key and Allen news. Mike Williams is out. Uh, we have to have some wide receiver play. Jonathan, Josh Palmer, also fantastic start. He's just an automatic. Um, DeAndre Carter this week is, is someone that might be on that fringe flex area. But again, it writes itself because not only do they need to have someone to catch the ball, the last two weeks he's averaged six receptions. I mean, it was, it was kind of easy to tell in the beginning of the year they wanted to get him involved. He started to slow down a bit, but he's starting to pick it up before the bye. And not only are the Falcons the worst uh, in passing yards against um, – total yards like just anything that they can possibly be in statistical categories for for the defense they're they're bottom of the league and i went back and i looked and they had six receiving touchdowns in the last three weeks and 800 yards that's an average of 350 air yards or not air, just air yards just all receiving yards in the last three weeks and on the season they were averaging 306 so not only were they are they the worst in the league they're doing worse than they were doing at being the worst. So they're just trumping themselves week after week. So while there's not much, um, I, I really expect Herbert Carter and Palmer to all have a great day. I think that's a very fair assessment. I didn't realize they were like literally that bad on, uh, on defense, but that's, that's good to know. Um, I'm kind of taking a similar approach with my pick is uh, my biggest Demarcus Robinson, Baltimore Ravens. I just think, much of what Craig said about the Chargers holds true here as well. You've got star guys hurt or out. Um, you know, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are, are actively out or at least trending that way. And I think Mark Andrews probably ends up either out or plays in a limited capacity. And Rashad Bateman is already out. So there's there's a gap to be filled with pass catchers in this Raven offense. And, you know, Devin Duvernay will do what he can to fill it. James Prochet will do what he can to fill it. But Demarcus Robinson was a guy they threw the ball to a lot last week. I mean, he had eight targets. He turned it into six catches for 64 yards. And when he had the ball in his hand, he looked dynamic and athletic and fast. And he was breaking tackles and making people miss and running up the sideline and getting extra yardage. So all of that rolled into one kind of ball. I, I, I'd love to put as a sleeper, a guy who I think has a lot of upside to find the end zone this week without a lot of other talent on the field that's going to take looks away from him or, you know, on certain plays that, maybe not aren't drawn up for him, but if the defense like Marshawn Lattimore from the saints takes away your top option Demarcus Robinson is a very reliable second, third, fourth progression in, in any given play. So um, I definitely think he has a lot of upside this week for a guy that probably isn't on many teams. I think he's 1% owned. He's not even owned in our dynasty league, for example. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think we've said the 
the name Prochet in every single podcast, at least once a week this entire you, season. You gotta. And in joking <laughs> fashion, or just like, oh yeah, you know, the guy's a Prochet here and there. I'm like, he's he's an NFL player. Yeah, you gotta talk about the studs, you know, James Prochet. Yeah, exactly. Um, my sleeper is Rashad White. Um, what was I say about him? He's good at football. He's a good <laughs> runner of the He's football. Good. Sorry, I I, <laughs> I got distracted. <laughs> Text message. Um, he plays for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady's his quarterback, but he has looked um better as a rusher over the last few weeks than Fournette. Fournette really has been horrific in the running game this year. He's luckily getting rushing touchdowns on the one yard line. He's getting receiving work, even though Rashad White is receiving back. And Rashad White was in the game against Baltimore last week. That offense ran better. It looked better when Fournette was in there. He didn't play really at all in the second half. He says end of the fourth. Still looked slow. Like Fournette to me just looked slow rushing the ball. But I think Rashad White, I don't think he's going to take it over. I think it's going to give me more of a 60-40 than a 70-30 split right now. And Rashad White can take over that some receiving work in that offense, uh, especially against the Rams, which I know both teams really need to win this game. So it should be a shootout. Um, I'm going to give you a nice little eight to eight to 10 points as a flex play. Eight to 10 book it to 10 book it. All right. Let's get into the most important category of the week. (laughs) So I won last week. And what was the scoring? So we, uh, we did so IDP. I, yeah, so I used my my league's IDP scoring. So it's like a point for a tackle, a solo tackle, half a point for a tackle assist, an additional point for a TFL, and I think it's two points for a sack. Um, pass deflections are like a point. Uh, interceptions are two or something like that. Fumbles are two. Forced fumbles are two. Recovered fumbles are two. Um I'm trying to think of other stuff that would count. Safeties would obviously be yeah, two. Right. A defensive touchdown is six. But really, with us picking linebackers, it was about the tackles. And you ended up with like nine points. I had eight points, and Craig had like five and a half. Who'd you guys have? So dumb because I picked the best freaking linebacker in the league. <laughs> Roquan you have? Smith. I had Roquan Smith. Oh, you did? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, God damn it. I he, can't even win an IDP with the best. Did he even like play that much because he's on the trade block? Probably not. Check. Uh, <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> I mean, they played. I mean, they got trounced by the Cowboys. So yeah, yeah. Tony Rogan Pollard Smith had right uh, Smith had four and a half points. He was like averaging probably eleven before that. Yeah, hey, we, his, his we previous year seventeen, thirteen and a half. I did believe so. <laughs> yeah, he only got credited with four tackle solos and one tackle assist. Um, who'd you have, Scott? I think I had Devin White. Yeah, you did, and he won with. Seven tackles, nine point nine points, six tackle solos, four tackle assists, and a TFL. Let's go. And then I had OU Foye, Foye Sade, Oluokon. We dropped eight and oh eight and a half. So I lost by half a point. There must have been a stat correction. Eight solo tackles nice. and a tackle assist. What a barn burner Darth throw week. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Yeah, and I, again, I, I am still searching for my first win. <laughs> the Darth so. throws? Yes, I have not oh. won one at all this year. Um, so I'm going to go with Terrence well, This is the one Marshall. here. So this week I'm taking what? Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> <laughs> CD Lamp. Um, 
Yes, Terrace. He's Marshall. on a bye. You lost. We're, we're on. Uh, is he? Oh shit! No, he is on a bye. That's right. I'm just happened to be watching the Cowboys game, watching CD Lamb catch a ball. Um, so I might as well stop. Terrace Marshall is my is my uh, Dartho this week. He's been getting more involved. He had nine targets last week. Not much else for you. All right. I love Terrace Marshall, so I'm glad he's being picked. Future Justin Jefferson, like I always said. Uh, I'm taking Demir Bird. Atlanta Falcons wide receiver. He had two 14-point games back-to-back. So as far as dart throws go, I don't know if he really even qualifies, but I just personally don't think he has another 14-point game in him. But, um, you know, six targets last week, three catches. He grabbed a touchdown, a, a long one against Carolina defense. I think he's got a shot to do it again. He's clearly dynamic, clearly athletic, clearly still one of the faster guys in the league. And if Mariota can get him the ball, anything can happen. All right. Mine is Kendrick Bourne. Uh, one target last week, one target the week before that, one the week before that, uh, one the week before that too. But um, he played sixty nine percent of snaps. Nice last week, his highest of the season. Jesus, just a matter of time where he's got to finally have that game. Wide receiver three last year. Yeah, all of a sudden, once he starts, playing, he start start throwing the ball well. Yeah, but I mean, this is a Mac Jones guy he wants him on the field he's pissed that he's not on the field more he played a, a lot of snaps last week it was more a running game against the Jets, especially in the second half indy this week hopefully they can have some more fun in the air get born one of those deep you know 40 yarders how you doing i'll be there cheering him on screaming let's go kendrick oh, yeah. that's my guy that's my that's guy, my guy. Boy, born out money. there you scumbag Bill i've Belichick. been paying you ten dollars in <laughs> dynasty <laughs> first round pick I, I probably am paying him that much knowing my fucking team do all right <laughs> um so that will do it i guess um yeah the news start sets sleepers dart throws and again jock market Sign up at checkout. Use promo code TSF for 100% match up to $100. Uh, for me, Dows, and Craig, and Alan Lazar during our, in- our intro, stay fluid, stay loose. <laughs>